Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Our Father, we pray that you would help us to learn from the Bible this evening that we might live for the fame of your name. And we pray for the glory of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, the children have gone, so uh, let's dive into Exodus uh, chapter 20. And we're not just simply going back in the Bible because we're in a church and we go back in the Bible. We're doing this because next week is going to be brand new if we get tonight and what we're learning. You wait and see. Because you might think when you open up this part of the Bible, what you're going to read are a set of, uh, well, ten rules. And okay, they are just ten rules, they could help a group of people, any group of people that lives by them, you'd expect that to be a good thing. But let me tell you that when you get to these ten rules of the Bible, they are packed with surprises. And the first surprise is that these ten rules are not just for any group of people, they are only for one group of people that can live by these ten rules. And they are a group of people who, as you see in Exodus chapter 20, are a group of people that specially know that God loves them. So if you look at chapter 20 verse 2, you discover this group of people is very different. God says to this group of people, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And only people who God has done this for, who know his love, will be able to live out to these rules and have this new life. Not for any group, just for one group. And last week we saw how uh, uh, it is so possible to take God's love for us because he is the one who is generous, he gives us everything, so yes, of course we would say God loves, but our problem is that we take the things that he gives us, his gifts, and we love them more than we love him. That's what we learnt last week, and uh, we know that that happens every Christmas. And you give uh, children a present, and they completely forget their parents because they're so obsessed with the presents. And Nerlina's nodding. She uh, does this every year. She's, she's, she's well practiced. Okay? And the trouble is that we think only Nerlina does it. Actually, all of us do it. In adults, we don't recognize this is exactly how we are with God. We, we love His gifts, so many of them, we saw last week. But we love the gift more than we love Him. But today, we see how we can love God and what loving God means. It means living 
to bring fame to his name. That's what Exodus chapter 20 verse 7 is about. It is, you don't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You want it to be treated far more importantly uh, than that. And so therefore we're going to do two things today. First, how to honour God's name. And then, secondly, we're going to learn how not to honour his name. What that means. So, first, how do we bring fame to the name? How do we honour God's name? It's much as worth starting out by working out, but why do we have names anyway? But names open the door into relationship, don't they? You can start making friends when you know the name. And so I don't need to know the name of the person sitting next to me on the train. I've got no relationship with him. But I do want the name of the person who I'm having a meal with because a relationship has started up once I know the name. The name starts off the friendship and then you get to understand the character that goes with the name after that. So that, for example, uh, Bert, the girl Natalie here today, uh, wonderful that uh, she's here and uh, brought a friend with her. Uh, uh, great to have her elder sister. Uh, and, um, uh, but when you see uh, the, the, the name Natalie, a personality comes to mind. Yeah? When you hear the name Verona, a pensioner comes to mind. Uh, it is, it is, it, you get a character, don't you, that goes with the name. And normally, names are a sign of authority. So my parents gave me life, and so they gave me a name. They have authority to give me a name. They call me Michael, so that others know how to relate to me. But with God, it's very different. No one ever gives God a name. But God tells us what his name is. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God tells you his name. Have you got his name in front of you, uh, Angela, this week? No, I've got glasses. <laughs> you got your glasses? Okay. You need a Bible? Okay, but someone give uh, Angela a Bible. There's a spare one there, great, okay. That's fine. Okay, what's God's name? What do you actually say there? Yeah, but what he doesn't just simply say God's name says I am. Who does he say his name is? Read out the whole verse. Exodus chapter 3 verse 14 says says what? Wait, wait. Oh, someone else tell me. What are you saying? Yeah. I am who I am. And therefore, if you want to know how to relate to God, because that's what names are for, then you need to know that he is I am, that is, he is around all the time, and you need to know what he is like. I am who I am. You need to find out who he is. Now, when people spoke about God's name, because they had so much respect for God's name, they didn't write all that down, but he reveals his name, and they used to write down in the Bible 
J-H-W-H. They didn't want to write down his name. Whenever they come across that, they wrote this. And when they saw it written in the Bible, in the old Jewish Bible, in the Hebrew, they wouldn't say J-H-W-H. They would read out the word Adonai. And in our English translations, where you see that, we don't write Adonai, we say Lord. So if you look at uh, chapter 20, verse 2, you see that I am the Lord, your God. And so whenever we see the word Lord in block capitals, it is how we... Uh, speak out those words J-H-W-H other people have made it stretched uh, into Jehovah uh, Lord is fine that's how our English versions have translated it and because God has uh, I'll ask a question later Ruth. because God has given fantastic authority because he has fantastic authority no one has given him authority but because he already has fantastic authority, he can do for you and for me what no one else can do. And therefore, he says, the first way to honour his name, if you want to know how to honour his name, number one way to do it is to ask God to do what no one else can do. And what no one else can do is there in Romans chapter 13. Uh, can someone... Uh, read Romans chapter 13, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Romans chapter 10 and verse 13. It is on page 946, thank you. And uh, someone shout out aloud, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Try not to fight over the Bible girls. Uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 13 says what? Okay, everyone see that? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And what does that mean? Hey, look, we've got it here in Exodus chapter 20. It means that God rescues people from a life of slavery, from ultimately a life of death, to bring them into a new country, into a new life. And anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I always say again and again and again, anyone in this world is just one prayer away from being safe forever. Just think about that. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and when you call on the name of the Lord then actually you are not only saved that you call on the name of the Lord but you also get a new name and the new name for God for those who have called on him is Father Jesus said you can now call God by the name I call God I call God Father. Now I'm going to let you call God Father. But let me tell you, before you start using the name of God, talking to God about anything, there is one thing you have got to know. 
And the one thing you must know is that you can speak to him about one thing and one thing only. If you're going to ask God to do anything, you can only ask him to do one thing. Do you know what that one thing is? Jesus told you what the one thing is. When you pray, pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your <coughs> name be honoured. You ask God to honour his name. And everything in the Lord's Prayer revolves around that one thing. May your kingdom come so that God's name will be honoured. That's the best place it's going to be honoured, so that's the next thing that you ask for. And until that happens, sorry, bad spelling on may your kingdom come, uh, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, so that God's name will be honoured on earth as it is in heaven. You get the drift of this, don't you? Uh, give us our daily bread. Why? Because it honours God for you to depend on him rather than to think that you are going to be your own uh, provider. Uh, forgiveness. It actually honours God's name for us to see how wonderful Jesus is that he forgives. And that we should forgive others. It honours God's name when you are like him and forgiving the way he is forgiving towards you. And so lead us away from temptation. Why? Because I really, really don't want to bring dishonour to his name. See, the whole Lord's Prayer is to do with one thing and one thing only. Please, let me ask you to honour your name. Friends, whenever Christians pray, you are praying for one thing, that God will honour his name. When you're praying for our election next week, you're praying for one thing, that the outcome will be one that honours God's name. If you're an Iranian waiting for your visa to come or housing benefits or anything like that, you want to pray that these things will happen so that you can honour God's name. That is the one thing that is important. So that's what we ask for. Every single prayer for the rest of your life, please, will you make it for the honour of his name. Now, he's not telling us to pray like this because God's got this inferiority complex and we need him to honour his name because then he'll feel better afterwards. The only reason why we're being asked to do this is because God is wanting us to pray for the biggest thing that we could possibly want. And there is no greater thing to ask for than the greatest name to be honoured and built up. Why? Why is that such a great thing? Look, this is the alternative. If you and I don't learn how to talk to God like this, you know what's going to happen? We're just going to be praying for our stuff. In other words, for the sake of our name. And we're going to be praying, and as we just pray for ourselves, it's a me-centered world, we're going to be spiraling down, and our lives will shrivel up and think, if the only person you're going to live and ask for is yourself. But your lives enlarge and they fill out 
when they have a bigger purpose, a bigger reason, and have bigger requests for someone else, not yourself. And the greatest person that we can therefore put into the spotlight to save us from being self-obsessed is to pray for the honour of God's name. So God rescues us through that from a, a narrow life of just being focused on myself to live not for ourselves but to live for the honour of his name. And from now on, that is what defines Christians. We live for the honour of God's name. Every single thing we do is directed. Every single thing we ask for and do is directed to the honour of that name. That is how we honour God's name, by asking for it to be honoured, living for it to be honoured. So then how do we dishonor God's name and how do we not therefore bring fame to his name I'm going to go for just two reasons because I have to be quick here they are first where to dishonor God's name and that is to represent him badly in the way that he lived and there's lots of ways we can do that let me tell you for a, a, a failure I had this week I'd phone up uh, a hospital to make an appointment for my mother and at the other end they kept getting everything wrong and after the fifth attempt uh, I started getting fed up and uh, telling them that they really ought to do better. But I stopped uh, preparing the sermon to make the phone call and I suddenly remembered the sermon while I was making the phone call and I realised what are they going to be thinking if they knew I was a Christian. And I'd say, look, I'm really sorry. Uh, uh, I'm getting uh, impatient uh, and you're doing your best. I'm really sorry uh, that I was like that. And they then very graciously said, naturally, uh, we're making too many mistakes about this. And uh, they were very gracious. But I had to apologize because of the name. Last night I came back from uh, uh, visiting my mother and uh, we had a mattress in the back of the car. It was pouring with rain. We had to get the mattress inside the house. And uh, stopping uh, me from parking outside the house was this great uh, machine that had parked over two spaces when they could easily have only taken one. So I couldn't park my car outside the house to get the mattress. And I was getting wet. And so in the end, because I'm a very good driver, I carefully positioned our car to stop that person getting out whichever way they tried to get without knocking on my door to ask me. And this morning I started looking at my sermon again and I had to move the car for the sake of the name. Now you might just think, well, there you are. He's just about redeemed his halo in time. Actually, I didn't because I then saw the person come to drive away and I went downstairs and told him off anyway. But, <laughs> but the, 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 the thing is that we ought to have a conscience about that because of the sake of his name. And guys, 
the one thing the Bible tells us is the worst thing for God's people to do is to act in ways that bring dishonor to God's name. So please, would you open your Bible at page 684, I think it is, and turn to Romans chapter 2. Uh, Romans chapter 2, uh, grab a Bible and find it. Romans chapter 2, you too know, Lila. Romans chapter 2 and page 940. Sorry, I didn't know what page number I told you about just now. Page 940. And I'm going to read to you verses 17 to 24, okay? Because the name given to God's people at that time uh, was a Jew. And here's how uh, the Jews were doing uh, with God's name. Romans chapter uh, 2, verse 17, page 940. 940, that's beyond that. Yeah. Page 940, that's the next one, next book along. Page 940. Okay. Uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 17. Uh, here we are. If you want to uh, see it on the screen, there it is. But if you call yourself a Jew and rely on the law and boast in God and know his will and approve what is excellent because you are instructed from the law, bully for you. And if you are sure that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, an instructor to the foolish, and teach your children, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. Here's the rub. If, you, if then you who teach others do not teach yourself, But while you preach against stealing, do you steal? You say that one must not commit adultery. Do you commit adultery? You who are bore idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, dishonor God by breaking the law. For it's written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, God's people. And that's a horrible way to dishonor the name of God. Now, you might think, okay, no one knows I'm a Christian when I'm on the phone. But God knows. And Deuteronomy chapter 2 verse 7 says, God will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now we need to be aware, not just uh, of uh, people dishonoring God's name, but God's seeing it as we do it. And we need, uh, therefore, to do everything for the fame of his name. One way to dishonor him is to represent him badly. The other way to dishonor it is to reveal him badly. That happens when we tell people stuff about God that just isn't true. And the biggest example of the time we do that is when we say, our God is so full of love, he will never punish anybody for anything. Do what you want. Live any way you like. And that is what happens in the Bible from the earliest times. So now I want you just to turn to uh, Jeremiah chapter 14. I'll take the page number when we get to it. Um, in uh, the fasting Bible, I found out earlier, because we did this, um, 
uh, in past Bible. And the name Jeremiah in uh, Iranian is Ermia. Ermia. Um, hmm? Page 642. Thank you. Yes, I'm getting distracted there. Page 642. Jeremiah chapter 14. And look at uh, verses uh, 13 to 16. Jeremiah chapter 14, verses 13 to 16. Uh, and uh, here's. Uh, um, uh, Jeremiah talking. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold the prophets say to them, You shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give you a short peace in this place. And the Lord said to me, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them, they are prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless divination, and the deceit of their own minds. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, although I did not send them, and who say, sword and famine shall not come to this land. By sword and famine those prophets shall be consumed, and the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out, in the streets of Jerusalem, victims of famine and sword, with none to bury them, their wives, their sons, and their daughters. For I will pour out their evil upon them. Now keep Jeremiah chapter 14 open in front of you just for one minute longer. I'll come back to that. But you see the thing that's happening here. The false prophets are saying, look, I know that God has said that this is going to be the future for those who don't live for him. And I'm telling you, it's not going to be like that. You'd be fine. And people who do that are speaking lies in God's name. They are revealing him badly. And uh, Jeremiah chapter 14 is uh, where we've just gone. Now my friends, that is the way that God is dishonoured amongst his people in church, in churches. Because up and down the country there are vast numbers of people that either downplay the God who judges or who deny the God who judges. And by and large, we who have come from the Church of England need to hold up our hands and say, a huge number, maybe the vast majority possibly of people in the Church of England, in churches up and down the country, are those who essentially lie in God's name every Sunday. And we need to understand that when people stand up and say, hey, it's fine, God loves, you can marry whoever you want. If it happens to be someone of the same sex, that's okay too. Nothing's going to happen. God doesn't mind, really. And we find ourselves maybe winning applause from uh, the society that we happen to be living in. But remember, the Lord will not hold them guiltless who take his name in vain. 
And I want to say what that means for us today is both challenging and massively exciting. First, it's a challenge because you might be a person who's wondering about Christianity. You might be new to all this. New to church today, maybe new to this talk if you're listening on the website and you say, but I want to know about Christianity, what will it mean for me and how do I become a Christian if I want to become one? And we know from what we've heard today that the most helpful way to honour God's name is simply to call on it. Romans 10 verse 13 said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've not done that before, please would you do that? Don't just simply say, I've got the baton already. Now, ask God, please would you save me? Please would you give me your new life? And then, that prayer tells you how to live the new life. We pray for the honour of God's name and we live for the honour of God's name. Live from this minute onwards for the fame of his name. Now just keep talking to him the way he started, which is to call the name of the Lord to glorify his name in your life. And do everything for the sake of his name. Take every chance you can to bring other people to look up to his name. What happens if you've been to church a bit? And I think there's a challenge here for us as well. And the challenge is that when we come to church and we can think we tick the box and we can say, yes, I've sung the songs that honour God's name and I know how to do that. Uh, this week, I start the week in church and I bring great praise and honour to his name. Let me tell you what Jesus said to people who are doing that every week. Want to hear what Jesus said? Go for Mark. Mark chapter 7. And uh, you'll see uh, what Jesus said. Uh, I put that uh, uh, speech bubble from the top to show that these are words from heaven. Okay? Mark chapter 7. And that's on page 842. Page 842. Mark chapter 7. And this is what Jesus says. Uh, he agrees entirely that what happens in front of him is exactly what happened uh, in the days of Isaiah the prophet. Jesus said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites, as it is written, This people, oh, they honour me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commands of of men. So you see what's happening? We're mouthing the right stuff on Sundays, but it is just so easy, isn't it, to get into religious ruts and routines, and we sing the songs, we pray the prayers, and actually, yes, our mouths say the right things, our hearts dishonour his name. Because we live by stuff we've heard from other churches, maybe, and we don't actually live the way God wants us to, honouring his name. 
And so therefore, if you're someone here from another church, it is just so massively important you learn to unlearn the traditions you've come with in order to start living for the fame of his name. But what happens if you're a believer already and uh, there's challenge and excitement for us? Because you know these Ten Commandments are written on stone tablets but they're written on stone tablets not just to teach us how to behave but actually to teach us what God is like these tablets are about him these commands are about him and therefore right at the very start of our sermon series we actually realize that you need to go from tablets to Trinity go from tablets to understand what God is like Father, Son, Holy Spirit and you can do that here too here, if you want to honour God's name, well then, what we want to do this week is to go out talking to him every conversation that addresses God as your father. Same father as Jesus. Every conversation you turn to him and ask him to honour his name. My friends, you are honouring him as you do that. Use every opportunity, every idle moment to talk to your father uh, and ask him to honour his name. Different areas of your life. But it's also wonderfully true, isn't it, that although, as I confess, my failure to do that, and you probably fail to do that yourself each week, it is just absolutely wonderful that Jesus carried the name of God and honoured it daily to the full. And he did that on your behalf. This command has been kept for you by the Son. He has honoured the Father's name and therefore whenever you come in front of God you come in Him as someone who has honoured the Father's name. Don't let that, don't let failure keep you away from Him in other words. But lastly, the Holy Spirit is there to bring us to be like the Lord Jesus. And he lived for the honour of God's name. He did nothing except to bring honour to God's name. My friends, that's the excitement for us as we go out into this new week. I don't know what you've got to live for this week, what purpose, what jobs you've got facing, but let me tell you that uh, the Holy Spirit will shape our lives to take us down this road so that from now on, you and I, bend our lives, give our lives for the fame of the name. Now look, it may be that this has different implications. If you're in school and you're getting flack from somebody and you want to know how to handle it, the question is not just, you know, do I hit back and will I be fair to do that or not? No, the big question is, hey, how will this work? with you honouring God's name. How will this pass that test? And that's our guiding principle as we go into this new week. We'll take questions in a second, Ruth. But yeah, that's the guiding principle. Live for the honour of this name. I'm going to give a moment where we think about that and then uh, as we uh, uh, Get to the end of the minute, I'll pray, and then we'll take the questions afterwards. Sorry, Ruth, you've been very patient. I will come to you soon. But let's pray for a minute.
from what God has said to us. Ask him to help us to live new lives for the fame of the name. Let me pray as we finish. Uh, the Lord Jesus said our great prayer should be for the honour of your name. Uh, Lord, we pray that that will be the overriding desire of our hearts and of our lives. And we pray in and for the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.